In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. It's a three-way podcast. I'm here with Ian Right, 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 and Brown Superfan. How is everyone? I'm great. Ian, how are you? Oh, doing good. Doing good. Chicago is still cold. Cleveland's warming up, I must say. So uh, last night, Ian, we went to uh, see the Tom Hawk show. We saw your old friend Hawk, who I even asked, does he uh, know your fiance? And he said, yes, friends of the family. And he goes, Ian. And I went, what? You know Ian? He goes, yeah, I know Ian. <laughs> yeah, Hawk and I have had some good chats. Uh, you know, when they used to come down to Columbus, uh, we would link up with him and his wife. And ironically enough, his wife, her best friend at Toledo, went to high school with me as well. So there's a lot of connections um, between, you know, myself, my fiance, and the Hawkins family. Um, Hawk's brother, Artrell, who played in the NFL, was actually an assistant coach on her brother's football team and with her dad. So, yeah, we know them pretty well. He's a really, really, really good dude. Um, I did see you won his jersey, which me and him are going to have to beef about now because, as I was telling you, my fiance will only allow me to hang one jersey in our house, and it is unfortunately of Andrew Hawkins. And the few times I've told him, I will buy one of your jerseys if you can sign it, put it on the wall. He has not come through for me. So, Hawk, if you hear this, damn it, you still owe me a jersey. Well, uh, it's a 38 white match-worn jersey. And, mate, if you really want it, I'll send it to you. Or what I was thinking of doing was um, selling it to the highest bidder for uh, Cleveland Food Bank. We could, we'll, we'll arrange something. We can definitely link up because that's a great charitable cause and uh, we'll make sure that they get a little... I don't have a man cave, so I kind of found a bit guilty keeping things like this. So, um, yeah. But, mate, uh, Adam, you were there last night. How did you uh, find the Tom Hawk show? I thought it was a great time. Uh, we were able to do the meet and greet uh, beforehand. That was a lot of fun, too. Uh, real chill and casual and Met a lot, of good, a lot of cool Browns fans uh, in the process. Uh, would have loved to have you out there, Ian. Yeah, I, I honestly was trying to think of ways to get back for it. But uh, what did you think of Joe Thomas? Is he as uh, fun-loving and spirited as he seems on TV and on radio? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, I actually I met him before as well um, at the, uh, the, the re-release of the Great Lakes um, Paul's so, trying to squeeze into this tiny. I was going to say he's massively distracted by <laughs> Paul fitting into a Schmedium professional football player jersey. Wow, look good, mate. There you go. Jesus. You actually look like you have shoulder pads on. For all of those that can't see this at home, when, you know, when guys put their pads on, they usually put the jerseys on the pads and then put them on that way because it's almost impossible to get the jersey on. And, well, that's exactly what Paul Brown looks like with a Schmedium uh, NFL jersey on. Seriously. Pads go on this as well? Yeah, you're never getting that off. Yeah, so what they do is they obviously want it form tight, so whenever you're getting tackled, you can't – it's not loose. 
So the equipment managers will put the jerseys on the pads before the guys put them on. And then they put the pads on so they don't have to get the jerseys over top of them. And like in your case, you can see how skin tight those jerseys really are. Skin tight? Wow. <laughs> I can't breathe. It's that tight. So uh, his face is turning blue. But yeah, Tom Hawk show, I gotta say, I was expecting a one hour show, maybe same as the podcast, but it was an absolutely amazing day. We had uh, Joe Thomas, we had um, obviously Hawk one hour before, spending time, photos, totally chill, totally relaxed. And then star started lineup. Who was your favorite guest? Honestly, like obviously Joe. Uh, and Hawk are great, but seeing Cribs, Terrell Pryor, seeing the Thursday Night Football crew, like, it was star-studded from top to bottom, not to mention some, you know, some people from yesteryear that were part of the podcast, some of the producers and stuff, everybody was really cool, really happy, some of them first time in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I think I saw that Fat Nat came in for the first time, and then uh, they had, what, Steve Smith and Michael Irvin on stage as well, right? Yeah, and Colleen. Oh, Colleen Wolf. ah, see... That the, the combination of the playmaker Michael Irvin and Steve Smith, that would be a scary combo because those were two met bad man pajamas on the field, and you don't want to mess with those guys. So I'm sure they had some very interesting stories to tell. And like I said, I'm very, very, very jealous I was not there. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, great thing. And updated live on the podcast, we've got room service coming to our room, but we're pushing them away because the podcast is uh, n- number one. But um, other interesting uh, people were. John Greco, who said he would like to come on the podcast, his first international podcast. That is awesome. Another University of Toledo alumni. And Joe Thomas said to me, when, when do I come on your podcast, which is really nice. But I think he was just saying that to be polite. And uh, winning the Hawkins shirt, I felt, was quite embarrassing because it had to be a fixed. Two guys from England won Hawkins shirts and one guy from uh, Cleveland. I felt very embarrassed when my name got pulled out. Hey, you know what? There's no such thing as bad publicity, so take it, my friend. Yeah. Who is the Andrew... Siciliano? Andrew Siciliano. Yeah. Ken was on the stage, so that was cool. It was, uh, it was a, a star-studded event. Do you know who Siciliano is? He's been on the podcast. So Siciliano is like this diehard Browns fan, and every week I'm watching the NFL Red Zone. Every time that he shows a Browns highlight that's bad, you can just see the pain in his eyes. He's like, oh, this is my team, and they just suck. So I got a lot of respect for Siciliano. What a good dude. I think the only thing that I would have changed, they kicked us out far too soon. You know, we could have stayed there for another hour, two hour, mingled, and spent more time with them. Obviously, How long was it? The show was two hours, and Joe and Hall committed us for one hour before. Okay, so you guys were there three hours. That's because tickets weren't cheap, were they? They were what? Seventy-five bucks. Seven, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, give them total credit. Actually, put on a live show worked really well. There were no issues, and uh, yeah, a great thing. And um, mate, you went up. You went up to stage twice, I think. What What was your comments, Adam? I did. Yeah. So they 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 brought back the uh, ask Nat segment. So had to had to do a throwback there and ask her how many times how many cups a day she drinks out of the tomahawk show coffee maker that cost fifteen thousand dollars um and then also submitted a uh, catchphrase that unfortunately did not get picked but i think the one that they they ended up choosing is going to be really hysterical tonight oh they they haven't debuted it yet so we don't know what it is 
It's, what, is, what is it? So it's a world exclusive. Adam, world, tell them. Yep. I believe it is riding the gravy train with biscuit wheels. Okay, that was one of the ones they put in their last episode. So that's a pretty good one. I like that one. Yeah. So, so it was a round of applause, uh, and that's how they chose. So I'd be expecting to hear that tonight on the pregame. That's awesome. Any other good stories or anything of note that you guys remember that was that stuck out? Not really. It's just a great evening, great stories, mm-hmm. and yeah, highly, uh, highly great night, and uh, yeah, great spending time with Joe and. Uh, yeah, but anyway, it's the big game. We're getting ready for it here. It's uh, midday in Cleveland. And uh, basically, um, what's your prediction for the Steelers? Where do you think their strengths and weaknesses are? So the thing with the Steelers is, unfortunately, I've had to watch most of their games. And I think that this is just a team that the Browns are playing where perception isn't reality. You know, I know the Steelers have the 5-4 and four record. But if you look, they started the season 1-4, and four, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to talk about, oh, they've won four in a row. Well, reminder, they beat the Bengals, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Brian Hoyer-led Colts, and then they just beat uh, the Rams, which is a decent team that they beat. But if you remember right, in the Colts game, Vinatieri missed an extra point earlier in the game and then missed a 43-yard field goal with a minute left, or else they lose that game. And their offense has been nothing short of bad for the last few weeks. I mean, yeah, anybody can score on Cincinnati, but against the, the Colts, I think they had four field goals, a defensive touchdown, and then a penalty-aided drive that got them a touchdown later in the game. So this is not an offense that's putting up record numbers of points. And I do believe the Colts scored 24 on their defense with a Zach Paschal-led team without Jacoby Brissett, who I think started four or five, and then without um, T.Y. Hilton. So the Steelers you know, kind of have this reputation, oh, they won four in a row. But other than the Rams, which was at home and an ugly, ugly win where it just seemed like the Rams could not complete a pass, this is not a Steelers team with some high-powered offense. Now, defensively, yes, they are good. They have a good front four, um, so they're going to get pressure with four. And then Keith Butler's doing this thing. He, he's kind of always been a guy who creates strange ways to get pressure. You know, he really loves the corner blitz. So don't be surprised if you see Steven Nelson or Mike Hilton coming from opposite corners. Um, the biggest test in this game is going to be the offensive tackles versus the ends for the Steelers. You've got TJ Watt on one side and you've got Bud Dupree on the other. And they're, they are much better in pass rush than they are in run stopping. Watt's decent, but Bud Dupree is pretty, pretty low graded when it comes to his rush defense. Um, the guys they rely on mainly for the pass rush or for the, I'm sorry, for the run stop is Hargraves and Hayward up the middle. So the Browns do have an opportunity to exploit this defense. I'd be curious to see the approach we go. You know, I know you and uh, Jack and I were talking earlier kind of about some of the Kareem Hunt totals. And Vegas is not, is not really seeing this as a high passing game. You know, I think they're really going to try to emphasize the run. So I think that if the Browns are able to control the game, you know, establish the run, I don't really see the Pittsburgh offense putting up without us aiding them points. I don't see the, the Pittsburgh offense putting up more than, you know, 14, 17 points because Mason Rudolph is not all that impressive as a quarterback. Well, I've gone with a 25-24 Browns win. So, uh, you never know in the NFL, anything can happen. Yeah, I see it kind of being maybe in that, like, 23-13 range. Um, I think it's just going to be an ugly, slow-paced game. I would be shocked if Nick Chubb has under 20 carries and Kareem Hunt has, <laughs> let, you know – 
in that maybe five to eight carries range. I see the Browns getting close to 30 carries in the game. Baker throwing the ball under 25 times. So kind of what the Steelers have done on a defensive strategy, and I know that um, Jake Burns pointed this out as well, is they are weak up the middle. So Mark Barron and uh, Terrell Edmonds aren't the best in coverage. So what they do is they basically rush their four, they drop seven, and they run kind of a, a zone concept around the first down markers. So they in essence try to bracket receivers with a guy in front and then a guy to the back to eliminate your easy passes. Well, the problem is, is if you're not getting home with four and you have to bring pressure, then the quarterback has to make the adjustments necessary to find the open guy. So I think if they can come up with some nice, easy completions for Baker early, get the ball out of his hands, whether it's on bu you know, bubble screens or on quick outs, I think you're going to soften up that pass rush, and I think you'll really be able to take advantage of them on the ground. Because, you know, the Steelers are giving up four yards a carry to, you know, average backs. I mean, they haven't really faced a top back. And even Todd Gurley last week, I think on, you know, a, lo a limited number of carries made headway. So, you know, I like I said, I'm seeing in that 23-13 slow, ugly, just beat em up style game. But, you know, I, I have I have hard time seeing how the Browns don't coming off that big win at Buffalo. They're at home. You know, the Steelers, if you remember right, played the afternoon game. So they finished up towards Sunday night. The Browns, you know, were probably already rested and had their, you know, their treatments for the day by the time the Steelers are done playing. I know it's not the longest trip over, but you know, I just see them being maybe a little lethargic and have a little bit of you know wear from their game on Sunday. So I, I, I see a really easy roadmap to the Browns to win, especially if they're able to control the game, not turn the ball over, and keep the penalties down. Really nice last night. I didn't see one Steelers fan in Cleveland. Oh, even better. Keep them out. I see that we've, you know, the, the, the Browns Twitter has started the uh, don't sell your tickets to Steelers van thing. So I don't think we should need a, a Twitter to make that happen. I think that should just naturally be something that we don't do. Excellent. And my plan now is I'm going to head to the Muni lot. It starts at two. Go for a little walk, see some friends, pop over to the Burke Airport, and then uh, go up into Westbury, Barley House, and then make my way to uh, Fox TV Studios. Ah, yes. You did mention something about that. I will say after following you on Instagram, uh, you seem like you've eaten your body weight and food this week. So I think all of the steps that you, uh, you are, you're all missing the modeling of uh, Paul Brown in the uh, Brown jersey. But I think you're going to need those steps because, man, you've put on some serious uh, calories the last week here in Cleveland. I know England food isn't quite like that. No. The secret is only half of it. So... Uh... There you go. There's the secret of the pros. But, you know, when you're, when you're looking at the game, you know, you were obviously there last week. What do you think the Browns need to improve on most? Where do you see kind of that area deficiency that you'd like to see them get turned around? Because we've kind of rectified the penalties thing and turnovers right now. But what would you like to see tonight? Yeah, I think definitely, as we both said, um, epic plays in defense. So real um, meaningful stopping the play from the defense. Uh, stopping the first downs, getting the ball, taking control of possession. I think that's quite important for, for myself. And it's getting the balance correct of and getting the calls right on uh, running and uh, throwing. So, uh, you know, if we need to run, run it. Don't just keep playing trick play, trick play, or trying to fool the Steelers every time. Let's just keep it simple. Yeah, I think one of the things I noticed as well is – 
the Steelers are going to be without a couple important guys. Their punt returner, Ryan Switzer, uh, I believe is out for this game. And then also they have a guy who uh, Roosevelt Nix, who plays fullback for them. Um, he's a special teams guy. He is an offensive guy around the goal line. I know he's out. He's got a knee injury. And I think Benny Snell, their backup running back, um, is out as well. So we're going to see James Connors coming back, um, team him up with Jalen Samuels. But the one thing I want to see is how well those running backs do in pass pro. Because if you remember right from our, uh, our little chat with Miles Garrett, he, lo- he, he, he made it very clear that he takes the most pride in sacking Steelers quarterbacks. So I look for a big play out of our guy, Miles, tonight. I think he's going to be extra motivated. You know, I see maybe a strip sack out of him, maybe a passes defense that, you know, gets tipped up in the air. The Miss Cleo in me is uh, foreseeing a turnover caused by Mr. Miles Garrett tonight. Yeah, that'd be absolutely awesome. And yeah, Miles Garrett, he's doing well with the sack count, but I just want to see more of him during a game. Um, so yeah. All right, Ian, I've got a shoot because I need to get to the Muni lot. Yep. I'm desperate to get out there and have a drink. Absolutely. Uh, tell, tell the fans where they can find you again. You're heading through the Muni, then the, the Burke. Yeah, I think best place to find me today would be 6 o'clock, Barley House, Tailgate. I'll be in there. Come see me. Let's have a drink, a shot, a Jaeger bomb, and let's do this. Absolutely. And uh, go Browns. And I think, like I said, we need to win the second piece of the puzzle and then go on and win next week in Miami. We can really turn the season around. We are not out of it. The playoff picture is right around the corner. Choo-choo. 10-6. <laughs> on the right. train. Have those, uh, have those guys help you get out of that jersey over there because I know you're not going out in the cold with that skin tight thing. I'm struggling so to breathe. It, it may be a two-man t- uh, task to get that jersey off. Uh, and where can people find your details? Ian19 on Twitter. Um, I will be at home by myself. Beyonce's in D.C., so I don't have to listen to that garbled Steelers nonsense. So looking forward to the big win, and then I will greet her at the airport tomorrow with a nice Browns-laden gear. So, Give her a big kiss. Oh, absolutely. Courtesy of whoever the MVP of the game is. All right, go Browns. Go Browns, and you guys have fun. Be responsible. Uh, Super fan, thank you for joining us as well. Always good to have more Browns fans on the podcast. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Go Browns. Go Browns.